Hey, I'm Ben Howe, and this is my SEO tip for 2024. Ben, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024? My number one SEO tip for 2024 will be to uh, use principles of experience, expertise, authority, and trust to lean into long tail search. Okay, and um, you also said to me beforehand that they were no longer nice to have, so absolutely essential um, to be using them now. So what do you actually have to do to demonstrate your use of EAT and the principles of EAT? So practically, to show the principles of EEAT on your site, you'll need to do things like show transparency as to how your material is published or show transparency um, just about... You as a business, for example, where you're based, how do you in contact? It's a very, very long uh, list of activities, but I will rattle through them. Um, you know, your material should show things like first-hand experience. Your material should show that it's avoiding generalizations by using uh, statistics and claims that it's made. Your material should cite sources and should provide nuggets of information that is not found elsewhere. And you should also be doing all of this while building a brand. So it's a very broad set of expensive and, and time-consuming considerations. But there are some, some things we can do to target our content and make it easier to target our content. Um, would you like me to, to, to go through some of those? Yeah, sure, absolutely. And, uh, and also just as a brief follow-up question, do these principles, is, does this focus on each apply to every type of content, every type of intent, for example? Is it only certain types of content you're talking about? It applies on a sliding scale. So when these principles were, were first introduced, they were primarily introduced through the lens of your money, your life topics. So topics in niches where big financial decisions or health-based decisions were involved and guidance that's come out in the past 12 months has, has made it clear that every, this applies to everything but to a greater or lesser extent, depending on the significance of the, the risk involved um, for users in an industry. So, I mean, it applies to all types of content. It applies to, to a site as a whole when you consider things about business transparency and it applies all the way through to, you know, really informational type content when it comes to showing unique value. So it does apply through the funnel and it, it does apply to almost all niches, but on a kind of logical sliding scale of importance, depending on uh, the significance of, of, of money transactions or health-related considerations. And what would be the top one or two styles of content that it applies to most? I mean, I, I've, I've seen really clear evidence of it, of it applying to all material from home pages to landing pages to longer form editorial. But I guess to try and answer that question, the longer form a piece is, the more opportunity there is to show these considerations and the more these considerations would be expected. So to slightly oversimplify it, I think we can say these principles apply most to longer form content. Got you. Okay, so an FAQ answer of perhaps just two or three hundred words wouldn't necessarily have to have it as a consideration. Well, I think the principle I would make for the year ahead is that these principles really need to be baked into everything. And because there's an opportunity in an FAQ content extract, whether that's placed on a landing page or an editorial, 
because there's an opportunity to, everybody should be doing it. We can see the importance of this because of trends in algorithm, Google's algorithm updates from the past year and the fact that these haven't reached their logical conclusion and from trends in the development of generative AI in the last year and the fact that these haven't reached their logical conclusion. So everywhere where it's possible to do so, you know, I, I would encourage everybody to apply these principles. Okay, so use the phrase, um, they should be baked in. Where and when should they be baked in? Are you talking about at the beginning of a year or whenever you actually initiate your content production strategy, content marketing strategy to ensure that um, it is thought about in every piece of content where it can be? Or is this just an ethos that every content producer has to undertake themselves whenever they happen to actually produce that individual piece of content. Sure. I think like lots of aspects of search, it sometimes is oversimplified and only applied at the level of execution. So somebody has decided they want to publish to meet a certain kind of intent and they've decided the landing page they're going to create. And then they try and look at a page level. How can we show goods first-hand experience? How can we bake statistics into this? But it, it should be considered at the, the absolute most abstract level of strategy as well. So if you're trying to um, consider your overall content strategy for the year or next couple of years ahead, I mean, it's really important to consider how you can demonstrate that this is something you're actually good at. You know, I, when you see car dealerships suddenly writing these affiliate blog posts about things like, I mean, I've seen one about... Uh, car dealerships publishing article about window cleaning services, which is, you know, just clearly a paid blog post. And that dealership has no authority in this niche, right? So from a strategy perspective, it doesn't make sense. They haven't considered what they're a perceived authority at, what they'd like to be a perceived authority at, and whether they're giving their material a chance to succeed. In an instance like that, an article could be executed with all the nice tick box EEAT considerations, it could be executed perfectly, but because it's strategically incongruous, they haven't considered their overall expertise signal as a site for that niche, it's probably destined to fail. And does this impact a video first content creator as well? Because there are, will be some brands that prefer to create their their content, their about content, their FEQ content, perhaps their blog content as video first, then transcribe that as well. So does it have to be considered within a script before they actually produce the video content? Depends if your if your transcriptions are are true, true to life, true to reality, is that material going to be repurposed or is it going to be transcribed word for word? So how seriously you take that would depend on which approach you take. But in general, it should conceptually it applies just as well the video first publishers you'll see there's been a trend in the last few months which which we i would expect to continue well into 2024 for a more social search results so you've seen possibly the uh, google perspective search results which put influence on individuals and tend to share results from things like youtube and tiktok and so on and you know this type of search result is ripe for a video first format and because they apply in search results because these these results are result types are increasingly uh, prevalent in search, it makes sense to consider those principles for the video medium just as much as you would for the for the written medium. 
Now, you also talk about leaning into the long tail as much as possible. And to do that, you need to lean as much on modifiers as you do on entities. So, so what do you mean by that? And how does that actually impact your landing pages? Sure. So some of the principles of EEAT are to produce nuggets of information in your material that can't easily be found elsewhere. And that is so important in the, with the proliferation of, of AI generated content and, and 2023 has been the year of AI adoption. And there was a post on, on, uh, Google's developer blog, which said that in the last year, they found five times more, uh, spam content than the previous year, which can only have been enabled by, by something like, you know, increased adoption in generative AI. Now to add unique value to your content, if uh, lots of people in the industry are considering the same keyword data from the same keyword research tools, it's probably time to go beyond the verbatim output of keyword research tools. So when I talk about leaning into the long tail, talk about it, it, it I'm referencing changing how we approach keyword research to identify gaps in uh, uh, the output of our common uh, keyword research tools. Practically, that means instead of taking a given entity, let's say a, well, we can use cars because they always make good entities. So you can say like a Ford Focus, instead of looking at what queries people modify the Ford Focus entity with, maybe a color, maybe an engine size, um, I would encourage every, everybody in considering their content strategy to look into beyond the entity to a wider industry. So instead of just looking at what modifiers people search for that particular car model, in this case, Ford Focus, I'd encourage people to do keyword research for what model people apply to all car models. So in an instance like this, you might find that, um, you know, oh, there's no search volume for uh, Ford Focus in black with black leather seats. But you might see across a whole set of keyword research in an industry, that modifier is quite frequent against other models. So this is that the abstract case and, and probably not the, probably not the best example, but it explains how you can use your keyword research to identify what there is likely volume and appetite for that you wouldn't necessarily find by just looking at modifiers of an individual keyword. So to apply this in brief, you know, I would encourage in 2024, this is the year where we start taking our keyword research, not just looking at a given entity level, but a whole group of related entities. SEOs are very used to categorizing their queries by entity, but there's also uh, value in categorizing queries by modifier groups within an entity group to see what are the, all, the, all the relevant things we could potentially talk about that you know, there might be zero volume for in our, in our conventional search tools. Yeah, yeah. You, you say there might be zero volume for you. Know, that there, there may well be significant keyword volume for, or there may actually be zero volume for it. So, how, how do you ensure that you don't undertake too much effort um, on, on something? Do you, for instance, um, work with a paid search team and, and test likely keyword volume using paid search before committing too much SEO budget to it? Yeah, you certainly can do. Um, it's a very typical approach. The key to succeeding in that, though, is to use product expert expertise to understand whether the, some of the rationale you're applying to your keyword research is valid. 
So I've just used an example of cars and I've just said, you know, if some, if you're looking for Ford Focus modifiers that you can't find, well, why don't we look at the modifiers that are applied to similar queries, vetting that output with somebody who actually understands something about a product to understand the relevance of those modifiers is, is really the key to success. It also helps them that you can perhaps, you know, explain in your, in the end output, how this material is gathered, you know, this data was gathered by, uh, going through on a named product expert. You know, this is, I've used an example of cars because it's easy to understand, but imagine financial products. You know, if you've got a mix, you uh, if you're looking at how mod what modifiers there are for certain financial products, it, you can imagine it's absolutely critical to go to a product expert to make sure that similar sounding financial products are affected by some of the same modifiers that you might find in your, in your keyword research. And you also talk about taking a leaf out of social media marketing to use audience segmentation more effectively. So how do SEOs segment organic audiences? One thing I like to do, um, and it, it, it's only really possible in more popular and more common niches, is to understand, use audience insight tools to understand what publications are more likely to be read by certain individuals. So if I'm doing my keyword research for a certain niche, and I have insight into what other publications they may read, I can then look at queries that these related publications rank for and are also relevant to our target topic. And that can help, help us expand our keyword research in a, in a very relevant way and, and draw segmentation in insights in a, in a more confident way. If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024? Well, I think obviously what I'm advocating for is adoption and a very different, cleverer way of uh, topic organization and topic insights. And it does take time. So for most SEOs to adopt this, yeah, probably would have to find, find um, efficiencies and I suppose what I would, what I'm looking to do is make sure all my teammates are focusing less on tiebreaker ranking factors for imperfect content. So we've seen from the last year that Google based, uh, encouraging, um, SEOs to place slightly less emphasis. It's not controversial to say there's slightly less emphasis on things like core web vitals and page experience than perhaps. Uh, we have been in the last couple of years. So it's just worth reminding teammates that these sorts of things are generally tiebreaker ranking factors. So if we're, if we're, uh, using, spending time and expensive resource, trying to fix tiebreaker technical ranking factors, when our, we haven't extracted all the value out of our con keyword insights and applied that to content, then, you know, we might be wasting our time. So as much as we are all technical geeks in the SEO industry, and we love doing clever technical SEO things. And um, there are definitely some instances with things like core web vitals and page experience where you know, maybe we should kick those down the line until our content's in the best possible shape. I like that phrase, tiebreaker ranking factors. Sure. Yeah. Is that a, an SEOMG thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is, um, John Mueller Twitter expression. I think I've picked that up from somewhere. I haven't just made that up, but, um, yeah. I, I think we can consider some of these really fun technical things as being tiebreaker ranking factors rather than as, um, you know, key strategic enablers oftentimes. Ben Howe is SEO Director at SEOMG and you can find him over at seomg.com.
www.seoin2024.co.uk. Ben, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thanks, cheers. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com. <laughs>